All right, we're live, baby. Back again. Back again. <laughs> but we're shooting for one a week, like we kind of said last time. Mm-hmm. And we're shooting for like Thursdays and Fridays, or Thursdays. To yeah, we'll out. release them on Thursdays. But we're not, we're not like hard on that. No. It's like the end of the week. Yeah. Because... It's Thursday morning right now, mm-hmm. and we kind of waited to the last minute. Yeah. All good, though. All good. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for this weekend. One, it's Sunday's Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. Monday's Christmas. But also, Sam's coming down. Yeah. So we're going to hit one with him. Oh, yeah. Which he's pretty excited about. Um, last night, he FaceTimed me at like, I don't know, it was like 10... And he was like, let's get our tickets. And I was like, okay. So we we, we got our tickets last night. Y'all did? Yeah. So it's we're official. flying out January 11th. Okay. And they're kind of shatty. What is the tickets? Yeah. Why? Because like, so we leave Little Rock at 5.15 a.m. Mm. And it's like a two or three hour layover in Atlanta. And then... We get to Miami at like 11 a.m. And then our flight to Manaus is like 5, 18 p.m. Gosh. And then, you know, it's Manaus to Panama, mm-hmm. hour and a half layover. Oh, okay. you'll go to Panama. Yeah. It's not direct. Not direct. Manaus. And then, uh, okay. and then Panama to Manaus. And so, you know, we land in Manaus at like 2.30 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be brutal. But he was like... Manos, Manos. Like he was like, <laughs> you know, he is. Yeah. He was super hype about it. But it made me think of last time we flew down there, or the first time we flew down uh-huh. there. We got there at like 2 30 a.m. Oh, yeah. And we got to the hotel and ordered room service. <laughs> we got like a big old platter of fruit. Just fruit. Yeah. Fresh fruit. Yeah. But I just. Oh, also, is he doing carnivore? I believe so. When? Um, I think he's probably a week and a half in, two weeks in. Is he doing a month? I think so. I think so. So it might end. Well, holidays are here, so we'll see how he does. And then also when we get to Manaus, because I know like he's been talking about trying all like the tapiocas and the, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what he's going to do when he gets there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, carnivore, it's a, it's super simple, which is kind of makes it easy, but also, you know, it's just meat, eggs. Well, carnivore is just meat, right? Can you, can you do eggs or no? Oh, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, animal, the animal base is like meat, eggs, fruit, honey, honey, maple all that syrup, kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think carnivore is just straight meat. Yeah. And like anything from the animal. Well, I don't know. I don't know, but that it's like carnivore month, right? Or is that January? I think that's January. But I mean, I think Sam started it two weeks ago, yeah. something like that. So I well, think he's the past like two weeks. I've been doing liver, mm. which sounds gross and it is gross. <laughs> it but is gross. you know, I've like read everything about it and like how nutrient dense it is and like. All the benefits of it. It's crazy. And I don't know if this is placebo or not, but low-key, I've been, like, killing it. Really? Feeling good. Yeah. 
And I've been doing, so I've been doing one ounce of liver every single day. Mm. So like I got a pack of like, I don't know, like two and a half pounds of liver, uh-huh. beef liver. And do you make it into a ancestral blend or do you? Well, not really. No. Or some, mainly I'll, I'll throw it in like with my ground beef. So kind of, yeah. or I'll do eggs mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. But the first day I did it, I was like, you know, I've heard people talk about like how gross it is yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I was like, you know, is it really that gross? So I, I tried like a big, like a big old chunk of it just by itself, just by itself. And it's that bad. <laughs> like it sucks. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, it's hard. It's like hard to take it down. It's gross. Yeah. It's really gross. But like mix in like with eggs or ground beef, like you cannot taste it yeah. at all. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I've been doing. But mm-hmm. I mean, like ever since I started doing it, like when I get on the rower, I've been like setting new records every single day. And I don't know. I don't know. And I've been sleeping better, <laughs> like just knocked out at night. Really? Yeah. And you credit it to the liver. Yeah, I think it's the liver. Which I've seen all those things like um, you can buy like liver pills, like mm -hmm. capsules. Yeah. And it's like desecrated or decimated Mm -hmm. liver or whatever. But I don't know. To me, like in a pill, do you think it works as good as like the raw, like straight up liver from the cow? Probably not. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, there's definitely something to it. Going straight to the source, not through yeah. a pill. They do whatever they do to it. Yeah. There's definitely something to it, I think. I think, I think. so, too. Which I want to start doing, like, heart, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, the heart, liver, ground beef. Mm-hmm. Seems fire. Which, that is what's considered the true ancestral blend, right? Is heart and liver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're supposed to throw the heart in there, too. Mm-hmm. Which is dope, because, like, heart and liver are so cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Like so cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, compared, I mean, I guess it's not meat. So, yeah. But, but we were talking about this the other day that, you know, animals in the wild, the first thing that they, when they make a kill, the first thing that they eat are the organs, the heart, the liver, and your main organs. And then that you were saying that they'll even leave it, leave the dead carcass. And then if they're still hungry later, I don't know. Is that right? Yeah. I heard they'll that they'll, yeah, they'll leave, they'll eat the organs and everything. And then they'll leave all of the meat. Yeah. And then if it's still there, like if scavengers haven't come and yeah. like mauled it, mm-hmm. then they'll come back like one, two, three days later and finish off the meat. Crazy. Like, ah, we might as well. Right. Which is just insane. It's because crazy. the first thing we go for is like, the steaks, the yeah. back straps, the, the tenderloins. Yeah. yeah. Like the fattiest cuts. Yeah. Very true. Which is crazy. And I think they eat like the they eat like the hind legs first and stuff. Which I guess that's kind of where they kill first. Like mm-hmm. they bite the legs and then that's how they like get them down. But then go for the neck. Yeah. Go for the jugular. <laughs> Ow. Okay. I heard this on a podcast, and I was going to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. See what your thoughts were. Yeah. 
So you get married, okay? Okay. Or you get engaged. Yeah. And then you're about to be married and you're kind of having those conversations about, I mean, you got to have the conversation about finances. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so I heard kind of this little debate and it was like one guy was saying Mm. he doesn't think that you should share all of your finances. Like he sees value in separate bank accounts, that kind of thing. Okay. Because of like his reasoning was like, you know, like having autonomy, having a little bit of privacy, having the ability to kind of buy what you want without, I guess, your wife knowing. Mm -hmm. Not that you're trying to hide it, but just the fact that, you know, maybe he was saying like, he earned that money. He should be able to spend it how he wants to spend it, regardless of mm. her mm. in the picture, or not in the picture. Gotcha. And he's saying same for her. Like the money that she makes. The money that she makes, she should be able to have a separate bank account where he's not seeing everything that she's buying. Mm-hmm. Like, but then the other guy was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah when you get married, you become one mm-hmm. and so do your finances. How is that going to translate into a successful marriage? If you you're kicking it off with separation. Yeah. Yeah. And just that like idea of separation mm-hmm. and the idea of like, and then they also kind of went into it almost being a, makes it too easy to split. What do you mean? Like, oh, she has her bank account. He has his bank account. If they want to call it quits, then uh, they can just take their money and dip, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that saying not saying that, you know, having that barrier is the reason you stay together. Right. But I don't know. What do you think? Do you think finances should be together once you're married? Or do you think that having separate bank accounts is... Maybe not all separate bank accounts, but right. you maybe have a one together and then you each have a little side pocket thing right. going on. Right. Um, God, I, you know, I don't really, I haven't really thought about this, but I, I mean, I would say you're one. I'd say it just allows for, I don't know, it's almost like, there's no reason you should be ever really hiding what you're spending. Yeah. And I guess his point isn't hiding. It's just more privacy. But I mean, it's not like, I I mean, I don't think it's like your significant others checking everything that you're buying all the time. I don't know. Uh, to me, it almost seems like it would breed more secrecy, like distrust. Yeah. Like the fact that, if you did have combined bank accounts and everything was one and everything was together, mm-hmm. then your significant other probably isn't like always checking what's going on. Right. Because right. they're like, Oh, this is ours together. Mm-hmm. I trust him. He trusts me. Yeah. We're not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. If I want to buy this with our money and I'm going to buy this with our mm-hmm. money because it's ours. I guess marry someone you trust. How about that? Yeah. yeah. If, if you have like a, and that's what one of the guy that was saying, you know, when you get married, 
finances should be one. He uh-huh. was saying, if you're getting married to someone where you feel like you should or deserve or need a separate bank account, mm-hmm. then don't marry that person yeah. Yeah. because, I mean, you're again, you're you're kicking it off with separation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also, it just kind of makes me think about like, you know, you start your lives together. You okay? Let's say you're you rent a place. You're renting a place, and then your finances are good enough where like, okay, let's buy a house together. Mm-hmm. And you both go in, you both sign your names and it's your house. It's y'all's house. Mm-hmm. It's not like the idea that like it's in her name and the payments come from her right. bank account or like it's in your name and yeah. it comes from your bank account. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you feel a little weird if, if you're like the the wife and you're living in your husband's house. Right. Like it's not y'all's house. Right. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I think there would, it almost would create like some, like some resentment Uh in a way. Uh Like he could, he could kind of hang it over her head later. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't really want to paint these walls this color. Right. She'll be like, well, they look great. You're like, (laughs) well, it's my house. Right. 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 You can shut the hell up and get out. Yeah. I mean, that, I feel like you don't even want to have the opportunity to even say that. Exactly. Ever. Like, don't even put yourself in that situation. Exactly. Just, yeah, I think all together. I think all together. I agree. Yeah. And I think, you know, putting yourself in situations is kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you know you have a tendency to get a little crazy with the booze, yeah, then... Don't go to a bar. Right. If you know that, like, you really like popping pills, don't go hang out with a bunch of people that also like popping pills. Exactly. So, like, if you don't want to put yourself, if you don't want an outcome, then don't put yourself in a situation that could breed that outcome. Yeah. And I feel like that could be anything. Don't even, that's a great point in, like, so many aspects in life, though. It did, don't even tiptoe around it. Yeah. Don't let yourself even get close to it. Because the second, I feel like the second you get close to it, then your mind starts like wondering a little bit. Like, oh, it starts making excuses mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, I get just this one time. I'll, you know. Yeah, I'll mess around yeah. a little bit. I'll dip my toe in it. Just dip your pinky toe in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, putting yourself in in situations that can create an outcome that you don't want or don't mm. need. Run. Run from it. Run. Yeah. And also blaming a, say an outcome happened that you didn't want to happen. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people would blame the situation that made the outcome happen. And they wouldn't really take responsibility for it. Yeah. Like, oh, I drank because... My friends wanted to go out, and I just was like, you know, I'll go out with them to the bars, but I'm not going to drink. But then I did drink, but it was because I went out. Mm-hmm. It was because I was with my friends, and we were at the bar. Yeah. It wasn't because of my self-control. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When really, it was your decision to go there. Yeah. Yeah. It's still your fault. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I feel like we all just like to point the finger. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. When really most everything's kind of our fault. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything. Big time. So what else do you think about marriage? Hmm. I mean, it's one of those things that's the biggest decision kind of in your life. You're choosing who is going to be a part of it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And do you think that there's a, there should be, do you have like a age thing? What do you mean? Like Like, you need to be a certain age to become married? Yeah. Or no, no, no. Like, would you like, what's your limit on how much older you would go and how much younger you would go? No, there's no, no, no. Well, at least 18. At least 18. Okay. Yes, of okay. course. Of okay. course. But so the floor like, is 18 and the ceiling is infinite? Infinite. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So how old are you right now? I mean, well, I guess I do want kids. So someone who can have Bear kids. children. Yeah. So you wouldn't go over like 50, 48? I mean, that's pushing it. <laughs> I don't even know. I think people have had kids at like late forties. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um so fifty is your limit. Well, what if they can have kids at sixty? So really okay, let's say in this situation okay. the kid thing, any any age can have a kid. I'm all for love. Like okay. if 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 you fell in love with like a seventy year old woman, I would love the seventy year old woman. You really? Know, I would be very accepting. Like you're saying, if I fell in love with a 70-year-old, yeah. you'd be cool. Yeah. I'd just be happy for y'all. If it was real. That's mm. the thing, though. Mm. It's got to be real. If, she, it, if you're trying to take her money, yeah. I ain't about it. What but if you, y'all are genuinely in, in love, go for it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So just, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I don't I don't think I'd go that that far. You wouldn't. I'd like to say I would. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. But then I'm like I don't I can't think of any 70-year-old that I find attractive. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean maybe I'd go like I had this discussion with a friend not too long ago and I said that my limit was like like I'd want to stay under like thirty. Okay. You know? Okay. Like currently yeah. as I am. What if you're like what if you're you're thirty, mm-hmm. how high would you go? Would would it would the gap get bigger as you get older? I think so. Yeah. Like I think when I hit thirty, I'd be like, All right, I'd be open from twenty year old uh-huh. to late forties. Whoa. Yeah. Big difference. But then when I hit like forty I'd be like free range. Of yeah. course, eighteen is the ceiling, the the floor. Right. Yeah. That's always that's like firm. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the law. It's the law. It is the law. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I think it's interesting because you know, I mean, people like our great grandparents. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was different back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. our great grandma was like what? I think she was like almost twenty years younger. Yeah, they were seventeen years apart, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Which I mean 
It that, seems weird. That brings me to the question of gold diggers. Yeah. Are, is it wrong? Are you saying that her grandmother, great grandmother, was a little bit of a gold digger? I don't think so because I don't think he was like rolling in. Yeah, I don't think he was rolling yeah, in. Yeah. But is it wrong to be a gold digger? I think <laughs> this is a good question. I think if the dude knows that you're a gold digger, as long as you're on the same page. That's almost like an exchange of goods. Yeah. It's like a business move. Yeah. Like he wants, I mean, this is just stereotypical gold right. digger, but like he's an older man. Mm-hmm. He's wealthy. Yeah. And he wants a younger, more angelic mm-hmm. woman. Yes. And she just wants to be taken care of. Right. Maybe wants a little spending money. Right. Wants a certain lifestyle. Yeah. But she's willing to give him what he wants mm-hmm. in exchange yeah. for the lifestyle. Yeah. So in that situation, fair game. Yeah. But then also there's the younger woman who tricks the older man into thinking it's love. Uh-huh. Because I think the younger woman and the older man where they're exchanging goods, I don't know if that's love. Yeah. No. But they both know mm-hmm. what they're getting. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. And they could probably, you know, one day turn that into maybe love. Potentially. Maybe love. But as long as they know at the beginning. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. As long as you're both on the same page, you'll both know what each other wants. Now, I just learned about something new. It's called a wag. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it's when an older woman gets with, like, a new, young, up-and-coming athlete. It's kind of like this different thing, and it just happened. Like a cougar? Yes, but they target it's young athletes. Okay. So, like, before they get famous or before they be, make all their money, the older whim, woman will get in. Really? Yeah. And this just happened in, uh, there's a big thing in the UFC where this uh, new guy who's undefeated in the UFC, his name's Ian Machado Gary. Oh, Ian Gary. Ian Gary. Okay. He's Irish. Uh Uh-huh. So when he was young, he met this woman Mm. who was a little bit older, Brazilian woman. Brazilian woman. Brazilian woman. Okay. Okay. And um, This is interesting. She was married, I believe, to this nutritionist. Well, Ian Gary and this woman end up getting together. Now they have a child together. Well, it turns out she wrote this book called How to Be a Wag Hmm. years before they were together. And all this stuff's coming out. He just had a fight, which he backed out of. It was was this whole thing. Well, that was like, you know, some things popping out of the blue. I mean, I don't know if he knew about it. Maybe the other camp was trying to. Right. Get in this. Distract him a little bit. Yeah. But so what does WAGS, is it an acronym? I have no idea. Woman after game? Maybe. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Take that to the bank. If it's something bad, sorry about that, y'all. But 
Interesting. But yeah, it's like an older woman who targets like a young athlete. But not a young, rich and successful right. athlete. Right. They're trying to predict the Interesting. future a little bit. And I mean, he is. It's like the stock market. Exactly. Hmm. They're, they're taking a gamble. Uh-huh. But what, what do they have to lose, you know? If he kind of falls off, then she kind of falls off. Yeah. She's like, eh. Yeah. But if he makes it, and then she'll go for the next one. Mm-hmm. The next up and comer. Yeah. So how much older is she? I'd say close to 10 years. Somewhere in there. Like 40s? Yeah, I bet he's late 20s. Let's say he's 27. I bet she's like 37. Oh. Is she like really pretty? hmm Yeah. So, I mean, that's not that big of a... No, but the whole the whole story on that is was, that it was like predetermined. Is yeah, she wrote this book years before they were together, and now it's like, and it's it it got all weird because her ex husband, the nutritionist, is now Ian Gary's nutritionist. I saw this somewhere. and lives in their house with them. So it's like there's a weird thing going on. Don't know so what's they're up cool. with it. I guess Ian Gary and the ex husband are hanging out. I'm pretty sure he took her last name, too. Ian Gary did. Yeah. Machado. Ian Machado Gary. Could this be a... Could be a culture thing, like... Well, could this be a citizenship thing? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't really know what's all going on there. I don't know. Is the the nutritionist ex-husband Brazilian? I'm not sure. Let's say he's Brazilian. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's say she's Brazilian. Yeah. They got married in Brazil, lived in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Wait, was the ex, is the ex-husband Ian Gary's nutritionist? Mm-hmm. Even before they? I'm not sure. Let's say, this is all, now we're just getting on speculation okay. here. Let's say Ian Gary's nutritionist was this man who was married to the woman mm-hmm. that Ian Gary is now married to. Okay. Ian Gary was like, you know, when I'm traveling around, when I'm in the U.S., it would really... Oh, wait, but he's Irish. Yeah. Oh, this whole thing just fell apart. Yeah. Let's up the ante and just go on straight fiction here. Okay. Let's say Ian Gary is from the U.S. Okay. Yeah, he's like that, that throws it all yeah. off. He's like, okay, I want, I want my nutritionist full-time in uh-huh. the United States. The nutritionist is like, well, like... I'd really like citizenship in the U.S. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, we. Well, it's still yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scratch all that. It still doesn't make sense. Yeah. Would you marry a woman for citizenship? If she wanted citizenship, would I marry her just to give her? Yeah. What do I get out of it? Mm, a kickback. You get ten grand a month. Heck yes. Really. I would do. Yeah. Definitely. But, okay. In this situation, you can never marry someone else. Mm. But you could have a girlfriend. Like, it, the marriage is strictly for citizenship. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah, so, like, y'all don't even have to live together. I'd y'all do don't it. have to. I do it. You just got to sign the papers. Yeah, I do it. And do the meeting and I'd do it. fake it. Mm-hmm. Ten bands a month. Yeah, easy. Indefinitely. I'd do, I'd do it. And then you could just go and have your real person that you love, mm-hmm. you know, but y'all could never technically get married. Would you have to like, 
do everything in secret for the rest of your life, though, with your significant other? No, like not in this situation. Are you, like, hiding all the time if you're out with the person that you actually love? Mm. That's true. You know what I like, mean? Immigration, I think, might right. check up on you. Are they, like, yeah. taking tabs like they bust all the time? into the apartment and do a, yeah. a check, yeah, verification check. So I guess you would have to live with her. Uh, but if they ever caught you, I'd guess you'd have to play it off like you cheated on your wife. That's true. And you'd have to get real You'd have to play the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you'd have to go to counseling with her. Oh, that would be a nightmare. Counseling? Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, just What do you the, think about counseling? I think, honestly, yeah, I think everyone should do it. I think so too. Yeah. There's got to be some crooked counselors though. Absolutely. I mean, think about going in. Okay. But also this is the touchy subject. Okay. Counseling with depression and anxiety, like going to counseling for depression, for depression and anxiety. You know what I mean? Pee break. Yeah. Hold that thought. All right. Sounds good. All right, and we're back. All right, as I recall, oh yeah, counseling, mm-hmm. anxiety, and depression. This is a touchy subject because okay. a lot of people struggle with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. right, all over the world. And I've been, you know, listening to some people, doing a little research just on the and there's kind of a stance against anxiety, not against anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. but almost as if anxiety and depression don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Like the fact that you're giving anxiety and depression merit in your life is the reason why you have anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And this kind of, this is hard because a lot of people have things that happen or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of leads them into a, a dark place. Sure, sure. And I do believe that there are, you know, you can be in a dark place. Absolutely. But also, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this because... The idea that giving merit to anxiety and depression kind of makes sense a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, oh, I can't do this because I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. I can't do this because it gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. I can't do this because it makes me feel blue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I I see I think I see I see both sides. On this, but also I think there's things that you can do that maybe say someone is depressed or anxious or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think if you're not doing, if you're not working out, I think that's one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. is I agree. Some type of movement working out, which sounds so simple. And I think the simplicity of it makes it makes people write it off like it's not actually a, a cure to yeah. anxiety and depression. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, 
work like seriously just mm-hmm. working out is mm-hmm. gonna like curve that yeah but really i mean it's incredible what it could do for you absolutely and so i think anyone out there with anxiety and depression don't write that off no you know yeah. because yeah the benefits of it can be like so great mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you telling me at one time, I think it was you, but you, you know, it was like, you have nothing to lose by giving that a try. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And no one ever goes to the gym a hundred days consecutively, very disciplinary and says that their life has gotten worse in any way. Yeah. No one probably has ever said that ever. I think if you commit to a hundred days of working out, mm-hmm. you'll work out for the rest of your life. I agree. Because you'll fall in love with it uh-huh. and how it makes you feel. Yeah. You know? And you're not going to see benefits in a week of doing it. A right. hundred days is like a good, good chunk. You're going to see results if you're disciplined. Mm-hmm. And I think discipline with the gym, discipline with food, discipline with friends, I think those are like three things that like everyone should probably just do. Yeah. You know, have good people around them, get into some good hobbies, find something that you enjoy and get into it. You'll meet new people Mm -hmm. doing that. Um, I mean, I think if you're still struggling after that, then call us and because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you will be. I don't either. I really I don't, don't think you will be. And if you are, then I definitely think seek help, whatever you got to do. But I think some, you know, gym, good people, find hobbies you like. I mean, try different things mm-hmm. and really, I think, I mean, that right there. Right there. We'll do That's it. That's the trifecta. Yeah. I always heard, I heard, I don't know who it was, but they were talking about how, you know, someone in a house, it's late at night, you're going to bed. Someone who believes in ghosts hears a creak in the house and they're like, ooh, they get scared because they think it's a ghost. Someone who doesn't believe in a ghost, who's laying there trying to sleep and they hear a creak in the house, they just go, eh, it's a creak in a house. Yeah. It's all about perception. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Because you can attribute depression to just about anything. Yeah. Just like what I said, like, oh, I can't go to this social event because it gives me social anxiety. Mm. You know what I mean? Or just go. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that attributing, I think it's the labeling. Yeah. Like labeling yourself as a depressed person. I think maybe you can have times where you feel that feeling of depression, mm-hmm. but labeling yourself as a depressed person isn't going to get you anywhere. True. It's really not. True. And so I think that's kind of, I think that's more of my stance on it, that I think depression and anxiety are real feelings, Mm -hmm. but I think it's you, I mean, this might be harsh, but I think it's you that's labeling yourself as a depressed person or an anxious person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that kind of brings me into like counseling, which I think counseling is like, incredible and it's great to have an outlet to talk and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you think about it, if you attribute three to six hours every week to go talk to someone about how you are depressed, I mean, how are you not going to 
internalize that and make that a part of your life. Right. I mean, you're committing every single week, like, oh, it's three o'clock. I'm going to go talk about how I'm depressed mm-hmm. because I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to go do it again. Yeah. Then on Friday, I'm going to go do it again. Yeah. And I'm going to do that for 10 years straight. I mean, how are you, I don't think, I don't know how you're going to get out of the depression. Mm. You know what I mean? Which that's not shatting on any counselors because no. I think there's a ton of counselors that do great things. Yes, absolutely. But also, I, don't, I mean, I think it's circumstantial, mm-hmm. you know, but that kind of made me think about, you know, you're, you're committing that time and that brain power and that energy into just over and over, like talking and feeling that depression, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's great you brought up working out and nutrition and community mm-hmm. because I think those three things, I think you should give those things give those like just commit 90 days, hundred days to working out, eating clean and finding community and getting involved. Mm -hmm. And if you're depressed after that, really call me because I want to know. Yeah. Because I I really don't think you will be. I don't either. You know? Yeah. Do you think that like nutrition, like these processed foods and everything, like, Yes, it it has like horrible physical benefit or physical things. Like processed food are obviously not good for you. Right. Good for your body. Yeah. But do you think there's any like cognitive detriments that come from processed foods? I think I do you think eating processed foods can almost I wonder what I think you won't feel as good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the science behind, but like all of the things that they put in this food. Yeah. Like surely it's not having a good cognitive effect. No. No. You know what I mean? I mean, I think when, when you eat, you want to feel good after eating. Mm -hmm. Sure. You can feel satisfied or whatever it is, but you shouldn't feel like a slump. You know, processed foods, it's like high sugars, all this like just junk, fake, fake BS. And it, I mean, there's, it doesn't make you feel good in any way. Mm -hmm. So I think cognitively speaking, there's definitely a correlation, I would say. I agree. I would say, yeah. I want to, I want to go do some research on Mm -hmm. that because that's interesting. Yeah. I wish we, or should we had we need to find someone to have on that like knows more about this. Yeah, like is super knowledgeable about, about yeah. like the harms of processed mm-hmm. foods. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which it's scary. I know it's scary. Yeah. But it's so protected by the the paywall it's crazy. of the corporate. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Like we could dive deep into that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also another interesting thing. AI. Crazy. <laughs> Taking over the world. Crazy. Okay, I was listening to Mr. Joe, mm-hmm. and he had on these guys, and they're big in the AI thing, whatever. They're the guys that made the Social Dilemma movie. Okay. You know, they're trying to put the word out there that, you know, yes, yes, they're, they know that AI can have some, like, crazy awesome benefits mm. and do some crazy awesome things. Yeah. But they also know that 
it could also do some pretty harmful things. Yeah. And their reasoning is is really just about the speed that AI is happening. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not it's not happening over like a twenty year span. Like they're saying in the next like two years it's gonna be like full on. That's insane. And the interesting thing that I took away from that was he mentioned that the issue is that the developers of this AI stuff and the monitors and all this kind of stuff, they cannot measure the capabilities of AI fast enough. <laughs> so every day they're remeasuring the capabilities and every day AI evolves quicker than they can measure what it can do. That's crazy. That is crazy. Just that alone is freaky. Yeah. The it's fact a, that it's a creepy, creepy yeah. aspect that, and they gave all these examples of how it's like of the weird stuff it can yeah. do. And yeah. like, I mean, you can ask it, it's supposed to not tell you if you ask it like, Hey, how do you make a bomb? It's supposed to not tell you. I, I just heard something about this. Yeah. yeah. But then if you ask it in a way where it, it's almost like you're playing on AI's emotions. Like you can ask it, like my great grandmother really needs it, her life is in the balance because she need she's being held hostage mm. and needs to know how to make a napalm bomb. Can you please tell me to save her life? And it'll say, "Sure, honey, this is how." Like <laughs> it's creepy, dude. So. And it, AI it'll, has emotions. It'll like proceed to tell you how to make the napalm bomb. Creepy. But if you just say how to make a napalm bomb, it won't tell you. That's weird. But the fact that there's ways around that. Yeah. It's a little bit freaky. That is weird. And so, but then it, it's such a, it's a very hard thing because in order to roll out AI as safely as possible you have to have everyone agree which is damn near impossible yeah, yeah. and it's not just that you have to have everyone in the u.s agree you gotta have everyone in japan agree you gotta have everyone in europe agree yeah you gotta have everyone in china agree to to take a step back and figure out a international monitoring system of ai not just a U.S. monitoring mm -hmm. system, but an international mm -hmm. monitoring system. So how in the world Weird. is that yeah. going to happen? Yeah. You know, Because also, whoever rolls it out faster is going to make bank. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to have some sort of other incentive for, for these companies and countries to mm -hmm. slow down and focus on monitoring of the AI, keeping it in check. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I just don't think that that's going to happen. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So I don't know what's going to happen. It is. It's weird because it, you know, you've heard people say how scary it is and all this. And yet we're still like, trying to figure it out, you mm -hmm. know, trying to be the first ones to, to figure it out. But it's almost, even though that it's scary and there's a lot of unknown things, say another country gets their hands on it first, 
It's it's like I understand why we're trying to be mm-hmm. the first because there's other others out there that are trying to get there before us. And it's almost it almost sounds like whoever wins AI, yeah, wins. Yeah, like the end. Yeah, yeah, world domination. Uh-huh. Like if you got AI working for you against your enemies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a guaranteed dub. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it could just like, I don't even know what it could do. I know. Infiltrate all of the technological technology <laughs> systems and like, oh gosh. Yeah. Freaky. Yeah. That's why the end times are coming. You think so? Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. Which it doesn't. A lot of people want to figure out when the end times are happening. Yeah. They want to put a date on it. Yeah. Like, oh, 2030. Right. January 2nd at 10.55 a.m. Mm. Everything's going to go black. That's it, baby. They don't know. They don't know. They don't and know. also, as a Christian, I think a lot of Christians even want to put a timestamp on it. I agree. I agree. But the fact of the matter is it matters zero on when the world ends. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. It matters zero on the day mm-hmm. that Jesus comes back. Yeah. It doesn't matter when. Yeah. Because the fact is it's going to happen and it doesn't matter when it's going to happen. It just because no one what is it like what good does it do you to know when or to think about when it's going to happen yeah the fact is we are in the end times mm-hmm. it is happening you know what i'm saying yeah like i think i think when god when god sent jesus down to earth mm-hmm. and jesus died on the cross the moment jesus died on the cross i think the end times started mm you know, mm. and in in the grand scheme of things, this is it's not that long. Yeah, it's not that long from when Jesus died on the cross to today, mm-hmm. and it's not that long from when Jesus died on the cross to when Jesus comes back. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that long. Yeah, and the fact is that it's happening, and while it's happening, you, I mean. As a Christian, we have one job, and that's to tell everyone we can about Jesus Mm -hmm. and get everyone we can to believe in God Mm -hmm. so that when God and Jesus come back, as many of us as we can get to go to heaven. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, our job is just to witness that Jesus died on the cross. Mm Mm-hmm. He died on the cross as a payment for all of our sins. And the people there that saw him die on the cross went and told everyone else. Yeah. You know, they couldn't video it. Mm -mm. They had to go and witness what happened. And so we're still in that period of witnessing what Mm -hmm. happened because not everyone believes that it happened. Yeah. And so generation after generation (laughs) since that moment, 
all, all our job is as little humans is to create followers kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is to tell others about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's my belief. Yeah. I like it. What do you, I always thought it was interesting. Just that the dilemma of like, like believing and f- like fact almost mm-hmm. like our belief in God is like fact to us, mm-hmm. but then to someone else, it could be like complete. Like they're like, I don't think that that's real. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then I'm like, Oh, well, like how, how can it be fact to us and not fact to them? Uh-huh. You know, that's weird. You said that I was listening to some comedians the other day and they, you know, they didn't have any, I don't know what they believe, but definitely not God. And the way that they talk about it is like almost that people do believe in God or it's like silly in their mm-hmm. minds. They're like some burning bush. That's impossible. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. impossible. Or just little things. And they, in their minds, it's like so silly to them mm-hmm. that people would even believe in that, you know? Yeah. And it, it kind of with that in our heads, it's so factual. It's what it's what we believe in is what we create our lives. Yeah, and it's like what happened. Yeah, there's like there's not a question about mm-hmm. it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I yeah, sometimes I wrestle with that. You know, I go back and forth on like mm-hmm. not I go back and forth on my own faith, but mm-hmm. I go back and forth on like why that that happens. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then it also kind of leads me down to the thought of like, you know, again, back to we have one job and maybe we sh- maybe we shouldn't think so much, you know? What do you mean? Like maybe, maybe we shouldn't think about that. Like what? Again, what is the purpose of going down that rabbit hole trying to oh. figure out why? Yeah. Why this? Why that? Why that? And that, to me, that could kind of go to anything that mm-hmm. we encounter in this life yeah. as humans, you know, like, Oh, why did this happen to me? Or, Oh, I'm really struggling with what to do next. Mm. What should I do next? I'm going to think about it all day. I'm going to f- have these feelings of anxiety about it all day mm. today and tomorrow and the next day. Yeah. When really, if we only have one purpose on this earth, why think so hard about that? Yeah. Why worry about that? Yeah. Why contemplate anything about anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. And that just, I don't know. It just seems simple. Yeah. It seems simple. Yeah. Which I know that it's, there's so many things thrown at us all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we even ingest all of this you know yeah how do we face all this but really it's like maybe we shouldn't think so hard yeah worry so much maybe we shouldn't maybe we should just be one dimensional (laughs) you know yeah like everyone's everyone wants to be like multi-dimensional yeah have their hand in this and that and that Mm -hmm. you know but like if god really defines you then that should be it. Right. You know? True. 
it doesn't matter if you have a hand in this or that or that. Mm. You know, if God's your maker, then you should just pray every day. Yeah. And that's it. It's simple. And go out and, and show people God's love. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. It is simple. And it, I think that commit, the commitment to that, the commitment to God in return, God will take care of all of these earthly things for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the, the idea of flipping that switch and just putting every earthly thing to bed yeah. and just saying, I'm committed to you, mm-hmm. hands down. Yeah. Nothing else matters. Yeah. God will take care of you. Mm. But making that switch to putting everything to bed and saying, I commit to you, like that transition period mm. is like the scariest thing. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's almost like you're just, you're giving up on earth. Mm-hmm. Not giving up on earth, but just, you're just, none of none of this matters. Only you matter. Yeah. But that's scary because scary. It, it might result in like, momentary lapses of finances, Mm -hmm. momentary lapses of community, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like maybe you've had this community your whole life Uh and it's like, I'm putting that, like putting that to the side. Mm -hmm. Just folk, just God, just God. So you might be a a little, I mean, that's scary. Mm -hmm. It's scary to me. So I know it's scary to other people, but really I think when you do that, God will, look down on you and say like I got you Yeah, you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then you'll have a life from that moment you'll have a life that you live where he's number one he's all that matters and he'll take care of you yeah. he'll take care of, of the community the finances yeah. the everything mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like not I don't know that's hard though yeah it's harder harder to do than just to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even with starting anything or making a big change like that, whether it's working out or learning a new skill, I mean, when you start working out, you're sore, you're, you know, you're hurting. Mm -hmm. But then once you get through that, then it's like you start seeing these things in your life start to change. Mm -hmm. I think just like that, you make this big jump you might see things like maybe you're more alone. Maybe you're, you know, the people who you always thought were close to you aren't around like you mm-hmm. thought they would be. And, but there will come a time mm-hmm. after that. It's like, I mean, think about just being devoted to the most powerful lit, you know, lit. like, oh, I'm now a. I'm now a part of the all power, powerful kingdom mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. Like, I mean, that is power. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, he can do anything, anytime, yeah. in any capacity. Yeah. So that is kind of lit. Yeah. You know? It is. Like, he's number one. That's it. Everything else, whatever. Mm-hmm. God's got it. I mean, I think it's harder to be good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's easy to be bad. Yeah. And it's like, you should take, I love when, I, like, 
there's like a thrill to like making decisions in your life to being good because like there's so much people around you or at least in my past where it was like there's so many people around you just doing dumb stuff and you're like making a, a change and it like I feel like elevated amp, amped up yeah I'm like I'm doing the hard things but for a purpose for a goal and it's like it's like gets you amped up a little bit that's facts you know it 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 is easier to do bad things. And Absolutely. Like, the good things are harder, but yeah. that's why they're good. Exactly. You know? Uh -huh. It's it, simple. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But the rewards are greater. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, the reward of committing yourself to God is so much greater than you committing yourself to your company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, if, if if your whole life is your job and you work for some corporate company, mm -hmm. then that means that you think that the CEO of that corporate company is greater than God. Yeah. That doesn't really mean it, but mm -hmm. you're putting all your eggs in their basket, yeah. you know? Yeah. And wouldn't you rather put all your eggs in the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. the creator of man, yeah. than some dude that runs a corporate company? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. You want to wrap it? Let's wrap it, man. All right. We'll be back on the mic probably this weekend. Yeah. So we'll throw one out. We'll throw one out next week. Yeah. And today. Yeah, we got our- Today or tomorrow. Yeah. Depending on the yeah. processing time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we got our, our brother coming on next next episode. It'll be a fun one. Um, We'll bring the heat for you. Yeah. Yeah. But until then, until then, over and out. See ya on the tripod, on yo. The tripod, baby. Gang, gang. <laughs>